0: All right, guys welcome to evolution and in integration uh, with yours truly macrobosky and in this show we go over how we can learn from how we evolved as humans to integrate our mind our body and our spirit with this modern world so we can live a happy and a healthy life and today we're going over the topic of nature versus nurture and how the stress of our environment of the foods we eat the way the li- the way we live, the lifestyle factors that we choose, whether that's in childhood, adolescence, or in adulthood, affects uh, our physical or mental and our emotional well-being. Today, we're going to be talking a lot about how it affects us physically, but we're going to tie in the other two as well. So let's dive in. First, what is nature versus nurture? This is a concept that you've probably heard a lot. Uh, nature in this in this question of what does nature versus nurture mean, and how does it play out in an evolutionary sense so to me in this conversation nature means what do our genes what do our our lineage right our ancestry how does their evolution pass down to us through our mother and our father genetics right come into play into the equation of how we turn out in life whether that means our physical structure are we predisposed to different diseases or ailments or uh, or we predisposed to certain types of exercise and, and body types? And then nurture, the opposite side is how does our environment, everything after conception, how does that play into you know the expression of everything else, our physical our mental, our emotional well-being? right So it's this play it's it's a conversation in evolutionary biology, and you know which has more play? does nature, have more to do with it. Some might say others might argue nurture, you know I'm not really here to make this maybe we'll maybe we'll make a you know I'll, I'll say what do I think plays more into it at the end of the conversation to start? I want you to think of human beings as this blank slate Okay, are we a blank slate? The idea is when we come into this world Are we a blank slate? Are we just how culture how our society how the stress how does that play into our blueprint? What gets written into us? So you can imagine we, be, we come into this world as a blank slate. Then we get, you know, the, the way that we interact in this world, whether that's parental interactions, whether that's stress from, you know, food, stress from the environment, stress from childhood trauma, stress from gravity, stress in physical aspects, all this It's not really an argument, it does happen, the environment, um, stress from all these other types, and then our genes play into how we express, right? If you're born with a deformed hand, right, I don't necessarily think that the environment really is going to cause that. Now, we could make the argument that maybe while you were being born, some type of stress on your mother, on her from the environment may have caused that. I think that's a different conversation. But you can see how then afterwards, maybe if you got, you know, you were young or when you were an adult, you got your hand, like something happened to your hand. Okay, so you see the two different issues with the nature versus nurture there. And I borrowed this concept from a book I'm reading. Um, It's called The Hunter-Gatherer's Guide to the 21st Century. It's written by Dr. Brett Weinstein and Heather Heather Hayden. Um, they run the Dark Horse podcast and kind of inspired me for this talk. And their recent episode on the Joe Rogan experience was really influential and it sparked a lot of curiosity in me, but a lot of things that came up and here we are. So w- what they argue is that we are the most blank, we have the most uh, aptitude to be influenced by nurture in all of the world, right? Like when a bear comes into the world, he is very instinctually driven. There's not much that's gonna happen in the environment that's gonna that, that's going to differ uh, their expression, how they live, right? Like we can almost, to put a number on it, maybe they're 90% kind of written out. It's probably higher than that, 95% written out. And then that last 5%, maybe it's what, you know, what kind of undulation are they in the, is there a lot of food around? Is there a lot of salmon around? Is there uh, maybe not so much big game so they have to eat more berries and get better at scavenging and that kind of stuff and that influences their behavior. But with us, we are the biggest blank slate. Whether we, uh, you can think back into our, uh, you know, more hunter-gatherer times. Did we evolve in a larger group or a smaller group? Did we evolve, Uh, In a wooded area in the middle of a continent or did we evolve in a marshy area near the outskirts maybe like in Charleston right that influences differently how we interact in the world in different ways that we may get taller we might get stronger we might get thinner we might get uh, smarter in different aspects. Right? So I like that idea of, of understanding that we are the biggest blank state. We can, humans can thrive in any environment. Like we are the masters of changing our niches. Right? A niche is uh, a, given, hmm, a given environment and a given types of stress that one thrives in. Okay? You can think of niches like in business, but it also happens. It's an, it's an environmental word. Right? The niche that I am in is Charleston, South Carolina, in a sense. Right? So we are the biggest blank slates. Now, how does this blueprint, this blank slate from our genes get affected by the stress in the environment to hurt or help us? Right? That's what the main topic of today is gonna be about. And the first one I want to talk is about facial features. This is something that is so wild, it is so crazy, and it has such detrimental effects on our well-being. Namely, the way we breathe. Our early childhood stress and our food choices especially in early childhood but also in adulthood affect our facial features okay so what are the facial features they can be our nose our, our, our airways right like how well we breathe you probably know people that have really big noses and can breathe really well through the nose and i'm sure you know other people that have um maybe a deviated septum or or like very small noses that can't really breathe well through their nose all right we'll talk about that specifically about the facial features These two important people, Dr. Weston A. Price and Dr. I think his name is Dr. Mike Mew, um, son of his father, Dr. Mew, who investigated this as well. But the foods we eat, how we breathe, and things like breastfeeding have incredible effects on how our our facial features come out, which is very interplay with how our teeth and our jaw you know uh right like I, I'm getting I'm I'm confusing myself because it's such it's a hard topic to kind of say because we come out with this blueprint okay you're going to have a jaw and you're going to have these teeth in it but how wide is my jaw going to be or how narrow is it going to be right you have the genetic blueprint of a mouth with teeth but the nurture aspect of the stress in the environment take that blueprint and mold it into something that is gonna work based on the stress that you put on it. Okay, so let's dive into it. Number one, something that Weston A. Price uh, investigated and Dr. Mu is kind of shining the light on is that our modern view of teeth in the Western culture is pretty darn shitty. Meaning, why do so many people get their wisdom teeth taken out? Right? It makes zero evolutionary sense to have teeth that need to be surgically taken out in your body it makes zero sense it makes why would a, why would that get passed down the line why would we overcrowd because essentially the issue is that what the orthodontist say is your mouth is overcrowded we need to rearrange your teeth okay it's not to say that that can't happen in special circumstances but the human body is optimized to thrive and obviously those teeth serve a purpose so let's just dive into dr Mew. this is something that uh heather talked about on the joe rogan experience in depth so check out that conversation i believe it's around the 55 minute mark uh, they talk about this but dr Mew is saying that our way of approaching braces and fixing jaw structures is wrong we should attack it from proper nasal breathing and proper mouth structure Namely, he has this thing called mewing. He has this process called mewing, which I was introduced to in the Czech Institute, not even by name, just by breathing appropriately. And that is that you want to keep your tongue on the roof of your mouth. You want to keep your jaw lightly shut, your teeth together. For your most of the time on the earth, whether you're not talking, your nose is made to breathe, your mouth is made to eat and talk. And a big issue is that we have a lot of mouth breathing going on now. You know, this plays back into this other topic of early childhood stress and food choices, something that Weston A. Price went, um, looked into. Weston A. Price was a dentist. He couldn't, he didn't understand why everybody was getting cavities around the world. It's like, why? Like, the teeth and the, you know, uh, teeth and. Mouth bacteria and the the way that this complex system interplays, because our mouth is actually very, very connected to all of our cranial nerves and very important physiological centers in our body. We don't have to dive too much into that. But why is why is in the Western culture do we have so many issues with this? So he looked into it. He went around the world and and he took pictures. You can look them up of people not influenced by modern food, modern ways of living, and they have very wide teeth, they have wide faces, they have really good cranial structures. And when they were, then when places that he would go to where maybe they call them the white man foods of the four, he called them the four white devils, uh, processed milk, processed sugar, processed grains, and processed salt products, when they would come into into a community, within one or two generations, the kids would see massive changes that are detrimental in their facial structures. Narrow, receded jaw, right? Shallow neck, poor breathing, uh, messed up noses that just didn't exist before him. Like, he could look at the uh, the adults and the grandparents, and they all had great facial structures, and then, let's say, you know, in the last 20 years, that food of commerce is actually what he called it, uh, came into play, and now the kids are all messed up, Okay. So back to kind of Dr. Mew, he's taking, which is really cool, he's taking on the whole dentistry, I don't know, the dentistry organization because he's saying, listen, like, you should start by opening up the palate and focusing on the top of the roof and breathing right. Like, you don't need braces. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the times is our teeth are made to move around our mouth. And something that Brett Weinstein talked about is his own issue is he had – braces done in his early age and he kind of used up which used up his resources for his teeth to shift around now when he was 50 he had he had to get all these teeth removed because his teeth used up their pliability and they were moving like our teeth are made to be pliable so if you ever uh, notice that when you get like hit in the tooth and your one of your teeth might be shaky it kind of re hardens around it that's why you're able to put braces on and move because it will slowly shift the bony structure of your jaw and those joints, and then it will reform around, okay? So, you know, Dr. Muse something, it's really interesting about how uh, nasal and mouth breathing, early childhood stress, uh, in the form of, you know, this is another topic, is these these facial features uh, are really influenced by the stress we are given in early childhood, by our food choices and breastfeeding. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people have issues with breastfeeding, whether that's cultural issues, whether that's actually like, physical issues of like having a hard time latching onto um, the nipple and things like that. It's a complex issue, but it's something we need to address because that sucking, that... It, it creates a good draw structure. It creates a wide mouth, right? You can imagine if you just do that suction it puts a lot of pressure in here and as a kid that's how you eat and that forms the jawline, that forms the mass of your muscles and that forms the teeth and the palate structure that then you grow up with okay and because of these and also food choices like we give kids a bunch of mashed food which they were being breastfed back then which formed this up but they were also just given foods to chew right that formed their jaw structure and that sets you up for proper uh, structures in, the, the na- in the, your sinuses, the nasal features, the mouth, and your neck structures, and all your cervical vertebra that influence now that we have an epidemic of mouth breathing. Everybody mouth breathes. Like 95% of people mouth breathe, mouth breathe at night. That means that they have poor posture, a receded jaw, nose issues. They don't breathe well. It really results in things like uh, insomnia and asthma because we can't breathe that well enough. People can't even, like if you ask people, some people to breathe through their nose, they're like, I can't, like my nose is fucked up. And that's really unfortunate because nasal breathing is so good for you. It creates nitric oxide. It helps influence good posture. It, it makes you, your nose is a filter, right? Like I said earlier before. Nasal, your nose is made to breathe. Your mouth is made to talk and eat. So when we breathe through our nose, we have a filter. It creates that nitric oxide, which is a vasodilator, which helps get oxygen into the system. It also allows you to breathe better, right? That nitric oxide opens up your alveoli. It just, it creates better respiration. You get better oxygen in and better CO2 and waste products out of the body. So you can see how this stress and this environment plays on this blank slate, right? And these really important things like your jaw and your nose structure uh, are influenced by your food choices and all this fun stuff. So, you know, that kind of summarizes the facial feature aspects. Uh, I would encourage, if you want to look more into this, look into the work of Dr. Weston A. Price and you can check out Mewing. It's called Mewing and Dr. I think his name's Mike Mew. Um, easily find uh, of breathing that you can do Essentially, listen, close your mouth, Put the t- rest the tongue on the top of your roof of your mouth right behind your two front teeth, and you should try and do that all the time, okay? And first you have to consciously do it, and then it will become unconscious after you keep doing it and you make it a habit, and then like, you can get into the idea of only nasal breathing during cardio, which is really fun to keep you in that zone three, lots of fun stuff there. Okay. The second one is, and it kind of interplays with this is posture and biomechanics. And something that I care a lot about is foot health. Okay. So we're going to talk about how shoes versus barefoot affects our posture and affects our biomechanics. Uh, A lot of people don't realize this, but everything you do is interacting with the ground. And the way that we do that is through our feet unfortunately with the advent of chairs which has been around for a lot but now we sit at chairs all the time and also our daily activity with modernity is we were not active a lot whereas before we were walking around barefoot a lot or in very minimalist sandals which forced our feet to stay very splayed out right and they kind of look like hands and unfortunately like I have a personal I have really flat feet and I'm I'm working on getting them less flat but I grew up shod, is is the technical term, like wearing shoes is called shod, I'll refer to that, Um, that's the proper way you say it, Uh, I grew up shod, and you know, I always had issues wearing Nikes, it was really funny, I could never buy Nike shoes as a kid, because my toe box, where your toes are, was wide, and that's the way feet are naturally supposed to be, well, you know, my main sport, the way that I got most of my physical activity was ice skating, playing ice hockey, which I'm not sad about, but The the ice hockey skate is literally a cast like there's no movement in there The only movement is a little bit of dorsiflexion that you can get but other than that like you're not getting any movement And what happened is while my ankle my calves and my legs got really strong the intrinsic muscles your your feet has so many I think your feet has like 26 bones in it. There's joints all throughout there and there's four layers of muscles Uh, there's got to be at least 16 20 muscles just in the foot and then maybe another 10 that attach into the foot. And I have really poor arches now, okay? Our arches, your foot is almost like a half dome, okay, like this. And that arch creates natural support, which allows for proper alignment of my ankle, of my knee, of my hips. And unfortunately, when we wear shoes with a heel lift, we have two options. So if if our heels go up, to keep a natural, so like imagine I'm standing in a straight line, right? If my heels go up, I would have to stay like this, but I can't walk around like this all the time. So what happens? I push my hips forward and I sit back. Now you can imagine it gets so much more when, our, when we wear high heels, which I don't think I've ever worn a high heel. I don't even think I've tried because I'm like, what the? F-? I would never want to do that. Um, but you can imagine, instead of being here, right now, I'm here all the time, right? You lock out your knees, your hips go forward, and you can, and then, and the weird thing is, is our feet affects our hips and our sacrum and how our sacrum and our hips directly affect this because if this goes, if my hips go left, either I'm like this or I correct this way, right? And it matches, right? So it's wild how our foot posture right, affects our head posture and all these muscular imbalances. And as when we're kids, if you are shooed, it has an unfortunate development of your patterns, okay? As infants, we have this very straightforward kind of infant development. First, you learn to twist in the womb right? That kind of aligns your body position. You don't actually learn how to move your arms. They're not even myelinated. The, the sheaths of the neurons aren't even made correct when you're in the womb and all you're doing is this and you're learning how to twist, right? That's our first pattern. Then you're, in, um, you're on the ground, you're crawling around, you learn how to push yourself up off the ground, right? And then you can imagine, okay, now we're going to start pulling stuff closer. This is how we learn to interact with the environment. Then you learn to push yourself up, and you learn to hinge your way up. Then we learn to squat, and then we learn to walk, lunge, twist. To get on a note about that, this is, I mean, it plays right into it, is something that is wild is how how we influence babies and infants' development with modern stuff Thinking that we're helping them, but actually we hurt them. And the number one thing, and this might ruffle little feathers, but like those little bungee things that kids sit in and they keep them upright is not good for them. Because what are you doing? You're teaching them how to sit upright and how to develop, like when you're on the ground, they don't have, okay, when you're holding a baby, it's head can't support itself, right? Why, because it it, it hasn't been in gravity long enough to understand, hey, like we need to keep my neck upright. Okay, now we can imagine how that works with the whole body, right? Then you put a baby upright in this little bouncy thing because you don't want to watch them and their body is forced to learn upright before it's actually ready, right? Like it has to learn to be on the ground and then push its way up, okay, fall. Push its way up, okay, fall. No, that doesn't work, this work. Oh, I'm up, look, oh, oh, I'm walking. Uh-oh, I'm not good, fall over again. That's the natural cycle of them their body learning how to keep postural stability. And we when you influence that, it's just like putting a, I mean, if you had a baby and you put a cast on its leg for, you know, a couple hours a day, you would, like if I said, well, that's probably not gonna help them out. It's probably gonna hurt that, that leg's developmental ability. You'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense, All right? Now apply that to shoes, one, you're hurting their feet. And two, apply that to that baby bouncer and their whole pi- spinal position. And yeah, so you can see how that type of stress can influence our patterns. And then you don't develop proper stability. You don't work through the walking and the crawl patterns effectively. And that can have different detrimental ramifications later in life. And it comes to someone uh, like us, physical therapists or corrective exercise specialists to kind of help you work through that. Yeah, and then, and then like this is kind of the the purpose of evolution and integration nature and nurture is daily activity and modernity and this is kind of the why of this is we are really good at adapting to new new uh niches right we talked about this in the beginning uh humans thrive right we came down from uh when, when humans okay when humans first settle into a new area it's brand new Right? Holy crap, we're in this new area. How can we thrive? How can we do better? And we learn and we adapt and we pass these genes down that get better at X, Y, and Z. And that is how we succeeded and how we can cover the entire globe and how we are the most successful species on this planet. But, you know, it'd be, it'd be hard to disagree with the fact that we are exponentially changing our environment in recent years and our genes can't keep up with that. We are we are we are throwing ourselves into so much different stuff. Whether that's not getting enough sunlight, sitting indoors all day, uh, not being exposed to natural viruses and bacteria all over the place, and sanitizing everything. Whether that's having awful posture, sitting all day, wearing shoes, not getting enough daily activity, barefoot, uh, and that causes degeneration and poor posture. Yeah, so. To kind of go back over this, right? We have nature versus nurture. Oh, so let's answer this question. What do I think has a bigger play? Nurture. Okay? We're born with this blank slate, but how we influence this by all these things has a radically crazy influence on how we express ourselves in this world, how we develop uh, chronic disease, whether it's physical, mental, uh, or emotional well being. And it's crazy. And then, you know, Something on the terms of modernity and like maybe because I I you know I was very physically oriented in this conversation so why don't we just talk very simply about how we used to grow up in tribes? Okay, this is something really cool actually. Uh, we used to grow up in small close knit group communities and we relied on everybody to specialize. Right, like you want to be a generalizer for certain things, but specialization is nice. Right, like if you have to build a chair, you have someone that is really good at cutting down trees, then you have someone who is really good at uh, you know, cutting the logs, and you have someone that's really good at putting the logs together then to make a chair, and that's how you get a chair, right? Whereas if you have someone who cuts the logs, then has to learn how to, cut down the tree, then has to cut the logs, and to put the chair together, they're probably not gonna make the best chair, and it's not gonna be as efficient if you do that, okay? Now we live in this very individualized, massive world where we're not connected with our neighbors. We don't know anybody around us, and it forces us to maybe be lonely, to not have good social bonds, to not have deep long-term relationships, to not have good relationships with the men and older women in our community. And we can see how that plays out in our society and our poor connections with other humans, uh, fatherhood and motherhood and you know, parent relationships kind of not doing too hot. And yeah, so evolution integration, right? realize so so you know if i could if you could do one thing in this entire talk is look up dr mew and look up how to properly nasal breathe um keeping the roof on the tongue in your mouth uh keeping the tongue on the roof of your mouth keeping your teeth you know clamped together um not hard but lightly I like just touching it's like if you were to smile um and just try to breathe through your nose more intentionally that would be my number one takeaway but Understand that how all this stress in our environment affects the genes that we're given and this blank slate of a human and how that forces us to adapt, whether that's positive or negative. Uh, our genes are just trying to do better with the stress that we're given. All right. Well, that is it, guys. Evolution to Integration, the new show I'm hosting. If you're interested in learning more about this, check me out on Instagram at the underscore integrated underscore man. You can also check me out on YouTube uh, at the podcast which I'm gonna be switching to evolution integration, which used to be the move with Matt Show. Check me out if you're interested in learning more about this topic, you wanna learn about how I help my clients kind of work around this modern lifestyle to balance their physical, their mental, their emotional well-being by having good movement, uh, finding an optimal diet for them, learning how to rest and recover properly, and and also understanding uh, their personal and their professional life in the terms of relationships, communication, and success. And that is it, guys. So shoot me a direct message if you want to learn about that. Check, uh, check me out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, all the things. And thanks for watching.